The YMCA over in Grimsby, YMCA Humber, based in Grimsby, um, has several hundred young people coming through its doors, not just for housing, but also for support each year. And the chief exec of YMCA Humber is with me now, Malcolm Smith. So, Malcolm, can you tell me, you're perhaps very well placed uh, to answer this question, how tough is it to be a young person at the moment? I wouldn't want to be a young person at the moment. There's just so much uncertainty and teenage years are so, so important for people to become grounded and understand who they are and where they're going and the direction that they're going in the future. Um, and I think if we were honest as adults, we haven't got a clue what's going to happen in the next three, four, five years. And the next three, four, five years for an 18-year-old, for example, um, what's going to happen before, by the time they're 23? Um, if we think back to when we were 23, when we were starting to think about well, what I want to do with my life, um, and there's so much uncertainty, whatever choice you make, is that going to be the right choice for the future? There's just no way of knowing. And I think there's been so much in the last five years uh, that has impacted upon young people. Um, and I think specifically from a, from housing and homelessness side of things, it's getting more and more expensive to live. Um, I'm not just talking about home ownership, um, I'm talking about just renting. To be able to um, be able to afford a deposit to be able to rent is, is very difficult. Having said that, I do think parts of the Humber region are a little bit of an anomaly. Um, in Grimsby, for example, you know, housing isn't as expensive as in other parts of the country. Um, but that being said, you're starting to see people from outside of the area coming and starting to buy up uh, houses and making it, uh, you know, increasing the, um, the cost of living uh, as well. But I think, I, I think the, the most important thing for young people at the moment is if, is if, there's got, if anything is going to change, young people need to have a voice and they need to have a say. Um, at the moment, you know, we've seen housing benefit that uh, has been stopped for people under the age of 21. Uh, we have seen the national living wage increase for everybody over the age of 25. But under the age of 25, actually, it's OK for young people to be paid less. Um, we've seen uh, a focus on apprenticeships, which is which is welcomed. But the apprenticeships, they're not necessarily, they, they're not, is the substance there behind the scenes or is it just a case of trying to keep young people in education and training for a little bit longer so that they don't end up getting onto the, the, the jobless, you know, they're becoming jobless or unemployed. And it was very interesting last year, um, myself and a few other people from YMCA visited YMCA's in Scotland. And something there has changed dramatically in the past five years. And it was all around the referendum. Um, and in the referendum, the Scottish Parliament decided that young people could get the vote at 16. Um, by giving young people the vote at 16, MSPs uh, had to begin to start listening to young people. And what you started to see is not just after the, re after the referendum, the vote was kept at 16 for any uh, referenda or any elections um, north of the border. So politicians began to go into schools. And politicians started to take PSHE lessons. So young people begin to get engaged in politics at the age of 14. So by the time they got to 16, there was a real clear rite of passage for young people within schools to be able to go and say, I can cast my vote. And politicians are coming and listening to me to understand what is, what is important to me because I have a voice. So the people that you're housing here, how switched on are they to, to what's happening to them and the disadvantage that has been put upon them? 
Extremely so. Um, at the general election two years ago, um, we managed to get every single uh, person within our housing projects at the time registered to vote, um, and we um, ran some uh, some almost kind of loose hustings. Um, and talking with with the people within our projects, meeting with the MPs, there was there was a sense of it wasn't apathy. People talk about young people being apathetic to politics, and it couldn't be further from the truth. They just think nobody believes in them, and and nobody does what they say. I think young people they say they they they, they have a real interest over in what's going on around the place, but they also they're able to they're able to tell when people are just lying, not being genuine. But I also do I do think there's that there's that element of people get a little bit switched off with politics by the time they get to the age of voting um, because you know, it impacts upon their life much earlier than at the age of eighteen, and by the time they get the right to vote, they think, well, what's the point? Because it doesn't change anything anyhow. What can you tell me about the the backgrounds of the young people that are coming to the YMCA for support, and have you noticed any differences, say, in the last five years? We we have we have a greater need. Um, uh, we have um, waiting lists, which is frightening. I think in the next six months, we're still waiting to see what will happen. But this uh, the, uh, the the not the reduction, the taking away of housing benefit to eighteen to twenty one year olds. There are exemptions on that. So if young people are um, going into supported accommodation, then that um, uh, that housing benefit still remains. So I do think I anticipate seeing the uh, average age of people within our projects probably reducing. Um, but that hasn't happened just yet. We're only three weeks into that at the moment. Um, that being said, you know, we are 95% occupancy uh, across the board. Mm. So when you get to the point where you're 95% occupancy, that means, you know, your waiting lists begin to grow because you don't have rooms for people. Then you have to turn people away. Uh, so yes, it's, I think the, the last five years, one thing we have um, uh, seen is the number of people that we are allowed to house. The, the local authorities have been ensuring that those people who are housed have some kind of tie and link into the local area um, because we were starting to see a migration of people from area to area. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and authorities are saying, well, actually, just because we have housing here doesn't mean that we can carry the burden for other areas. Um, so some authorities would be quite happy for people to grab a train and go down to Grimsby because there's housing there. Um, and local authorities were starting to say, well, that's not right and that's not fair so we have to ensure that those people who are housed within our projects i think it's probably fair have that kind of link to the local area so that um especially as council budgets are being squeezed and squeezed the other thing that's starting to have an impact uh, is the universal credit system and i think the idea of universal credit um, when it was first put forward was was a real positive one you know it was about trying to um taper off people's benefits as they were able to to earn but the actual reality of that, it, it doesn't quite work out that way. And what we've found here is we have a number of um, young people getting themselves into into rent arrears um, because their benefits 
don't get started on universal credit. They don't get in fact they get paid in arrears in the same way that perhaps we would in in a in a job situation. Which is fine if you're starting from a position, but if you're starting at square one, um, you know you haven't got three or four weeks money. So charities like ourselves are having to front that up, um, and uh, and then some young people are perhaps leaving after two or three weeks, and then that increases the burden on us as a charity, which means we have less money to be able to support people in the longer term. I just ask you about transition uh, with um, accommodation getting more and more expensive, whether you're buying a property or renting a property. Is that making it more difficult for you to find suitable transition routes for young people? I think we're the exception that proves the rule in, in the country. Um, we have a lot of uh, policy work that goes on within YMCA across the country, and they very often come to Grimsby to um, to engage uh, the young people we're working with in that policy work because especially with accommodation we were a bit of an, anom- an anomaly i went to visit ymca in romford last year last year and uh, and they were saying to us how do you uh, get people to move on from your accommodation um, they have a big tower block with 200 odd units of accommodation people living there um, and they can't get people to move um, because it's so expensive to live in london whereas here we were saying, well how do you keep hold of people because the are the people we work with are far more transient so I think moving people on from our accommodation isn't so much of a problem. Moving them into accommodation that is fit for humans sometimes is more of an issue. Um, and also uh, getting young people to the point where they're genuinely ready to live independently um, is difficult because of that transient nature. Yeah, in terms of the average length of stay that we have young people here, if they're, up here, if they're here for, up, say, up to 12 weeks... You're only able to work with them for a certain period of time. If we can work with them for six months to a year, you can really start to get people ready to live independently um, so that when they do go out into the community and they have a flat with nothing in it, they then realise, actually, I'm not going to go and buy a whole load of stuff on a you know, payday loan or you know, um, get myself into debt uh, but, and then find themselves back here again, um, they're generally able to build that, um, that base up and, uh, and find a way to, um, in the same way that all of us did, you know, right at the outset, and then you build upon you know, uh, how, how you're living, you, know, you get better furniture, you know, buy a bigger place or rent a different place. Um, I just think you know, we, we, we're having to work so much more at those foundational levels with young people learning how to budget learning how to cook, learning how to clean, um, learning just just the basics that I think some of us take for granted when we live in a you know in a, in a family that love and care for us. Um, charities have always had that place to make a social impact in their communities. Certainly, the YMCA has got about 150, 200 years of of, uh, of delivery. Do you think now, though, uh, that too much demand and responsibility is being made of charities? I think the the responsibility of charities are going to change. Uh, I think in the last 20 years or so, charities have become probably more delivery agents for uh, for local authorities and governments, um, which is very different to how charities were 60, 50, even 30 years ago. Certainly different to how YMCA was when it started out you know, in, in 1844. I think charities now will need to remember where they came from what's their purpose what's their reason what's their you know what was their mission um because the money that charities are able to draw from grants or from governments are 
no longer there. Does that mean more burden is being placed on charities? Well, that's the purpose that charities were there for in the first place. So is it more, is it being, is it being deliberately placed on charities? Perhaps. I mean, you know, some people would say that things like the big society was a way of, uh, of just getting the community to, to do things that the government should be doing. I think the counter argument of that was if actually the community could do it, should the government have been doing it in the first place? Uh, were charities doing that beforehand? Yes, absolutely they were. And communities were doing those things for one another. So I think there's always a real positive, uh, thing where, well, it's a real positive thing when communities come together to actually deliver services for one another, because that's what community is all about. And I think charities need to remember, you know, need to get back to remembering that's what it's about. You know, what's, what's the reason that you did this? Get back to that, um, and begin to become more sustainable in your own right. Is there a role for charities such as the YMCA to move away from just providing short term provision, emergency support to longer term, um, accommodation? That's, yeah, you know, that's an option. Um, for certain, you'll see uh, other housing providers that do that, you know, that are charities around the area. I wouldn't want our organisation to stop doing that emergency accommodation because I think if you just focus on the business side of things to be thinking actually the longer term accommodation is great for the bottom line, you're forgetting about those people who are going to be uh, in crisis. Um, and crisis can happen to anybody. Within homelessness, there's always this stereotype that somebody who has found themselves in a hostel is going to be a drug addict or, you know, or, or a convict or, um, you know, there's somebody who's made a stupid mistake in their life. But we've got young people here who are orphaned. We've got young people here whose parents have fallen into addiction, um, and they want to continue their education. We've got business people who, you know, young business people who, you know, just, it, they've made a, you know, they've made the wrong choice. Um, they've tried to do the best thing for themselves to, um, to find their way in life and it's gone wrong. Uh, and YMCA, uh, that safety net, they're a foundation that they can start to rebuild their lives on. And if that's for three weeks, if that's for six months, if that's for three years, that's what we, we're here for because we believe that, we believe in young people, that they have everything that they can uh, belong, that they can contribute and thrive, that we believe that they're more, they can be more, but also that they're not alone. And charities like YMCA and others around the area are there to get alongside people when things get difficult and say, you know what, you're not on your own. We saw that guy on the mail in London Marathon on Sunday, you know, that big nice picture of someone helping along when actually everything goes wrong. He was, a, he was an elite athlete and everything had gone. He couldn't get to that finish line. He'd been training for months and months and it was that person who came alongside and said, you know what? I'm going to help you get to the end of the line. And I think that's the role for charities. It's about saying, you know, yes, we're all going to, we're all trying to go in the same direction, but there's going to be people who end up for whatever reason falling by the wayside. Are we going to let them fall by the wayside or are we going to get underneath their arm, pick them up and get into the finish line? Because that's where we've all got, we're all striving to get to.